0: You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier.
1: Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of The Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about. Ask us any questions you have or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Hey, Ben. Thanks for uh, joining the Fully Occupied show. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Looking forward to it. Cool. So everybody, we got Ben Suttles from Disrupt Equity on uh, the show today. Ben, why don't you introduce yourselves for the audience? Yeah. Yeah. So I know your audience is more kind
0: of commercial related folks. I'm coming in from the multifamily yep. side, but, uh, we do own about 200,000 in office, uh, 200,000 square feet in office space as well. Uh, both some stuff here in Houston, as well as in Atlanta. And, um, you know, but we mainly focus on the multifamily side, which for folks that don't know what multifamily stands for, it's apartment complexes. So, um, you know, we have about 3000 units that we have throughout the Sunbelt, um, you know, and then we're looking to, Potentially do an add-on to another about two thousand in 2022 as well, and then we also have a property management company that manages another few thousand units. So, um, mainly playing in that multifamily space, rental space, you know, but uh, you know, looking to uh, you know branch out from there and see what else, what other opportunities kind of arise out of, you know, post-pandemic America here in the commercial real estate
1: space. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just for the audience, uh, you know, Ben reached out to us as as a potential guest for the show. And at first it was it was like ah multifamily might not make a lot of sense. But then we started talking a little bit about kind of the, the future of work as it relates to commercial space and how borders are starting to bleed a little bit between multifamily and and, and office space uh, with respect to work. Uh, and then also Ben you know has a background in tech. So he's he's very forward looking in terms of you know how technology is changing his industry. So Ben, why don't you talk a little bit about your tech background and, and maybe kind of touch on how that got you thinking about, you know, real estate?
0: You know, I mean, two, two different worlds, right? You know, but yeah. the, the worlds have started, like you said, they're, they're, they're merging. I think, you know, one thing when I look at tech, you know, when I first got into real estate 2013, I mean, it was still kind of still pretty a little backwards, a little dated, right? You know, it's only been the last few years that people have really started adopting technology beyond call it property management software. Right Now people are using apps and you know, some of this stuff that tech and Fortune 500 companies have been using for years, right? So I, I see it where you know, it was kind of this uncharted or untapped um, market space that, um, you know, uh, and I think it was just a lot of pushback from the commercial real estate side where people just did not want to use technology and it felt like they could do it the old fashioned way through relationships and everything else, right? But once they started kind of seeing the power of it, you know, and, and some of the platforms that I'm talking about, folks, just so you kind of know, and this could be commercial real estate, it could be multifamily, it could be even single family stuff, right? You know, yep. Asana is a big part of a, our platform, right? Asana is a project and task management um, software that we use, right? Because let's be honest, when we're looking at commercial real estate, there's turns, you're blowing out walls, you're improving properties, right? There's, that's a project in itself, project management needs to happen. And so asana helps track all that we use teams you know teams is microsoft's kind of competitive product uh to zoom and uh, on top of that you know it's also integrates all of office and all the you know the the snazzy stuff that comes along with office 365. and so i think that the what happened with the pandemic was there was already some of this percolating before And the pandemic really forced everybody's hand into adopting technology very, very quickly. Some people were able to do it. Some people weren't. Luckily, our firm, Disrupt Equity, had already been born out of technology. It was an already kind of a virtual company from the beginning and the way that we built it out. And that was by design, right? Because, you know, for me, being a real estate investor, I was not wanting to do this for the next 40 years. I was hoping that maybe being able to do it on a beach somewhere, right? So I wanted everything that we had to be web-based, and I could access it through a laptop and internet connection. So some of those things are, you know, and they, those goes across multiple asset classes, the, the stuff that I'm talking about, you know, but there's also some specific things to multifamily that, you know, were, were, were pretty cool too. But back to, you know, my the earlier part of my story, when I, I started in tech About 20 years ago, and we did a lot of security and biometric equipment, and I sold that to the federal government. I sold that to corporate America, Fortune 500 companies. I was constantly on the road. I was pitching people in boardrooms. I was putting presentations together. I was going to networking events. Well, for some of you that are in the real estate space, you're like, oh, wait, that's kind of what we do right now, right? You do networking. You pitch things. You, you know, uh, sometimes you do speaking events. You're putting presentations together, all that stuff. Is essentially the same as what I was doing 15 years ago, and so whenever I got into uh, to real estate in 2013, you know I was able to kind of start segueing some of those those skill sets into real estate, and it was important for you know me to to you know kind of thread that needle very very quickly because you know I think at the end of the day that's that's what's actually made me successful, is that I've been able to take a skill set that I already had you know, and be able to apply it immediately to real estate. And so for people that don't know what we do, we're not necessarily going out and buying 3,000 units with our own cash, right? We do what's called syndication. So syndication, the most simplistic term, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole on is I'm pulling money from investors and I'm using that as a down payment. And so, you know, ultimately you have to, I don't like to pitch investors. I like to present them with opportunities, but there's definitely some salesmanship in that. But because I came from that tech background, when I got into real estate and my my business partners the same way, used to work for Microsoft, we realized that there was a gigantic gap in just adoption of technology and just not even just adoption, just they just didn't even know some of the stuff existed. And so we were taking this off the shelf stuff. We weren't customizing software or doing anything too crazy. And we were just shoving it into Disrupt Equity. And we're blowing people's, you know, socks off with, whoa, that's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, people have been using this stuff for 10 years. Yeah. It's not that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's just, it was never, it was never used in the commercial real estate space in a lot of ways. There's some forward thinking companies that, that did that, but, you know, so that's kind of baked into our DNA, right. As a company disrupt is a very kind of tech heavy term, you know, I mean, Uber disrupted the taxi industry and airbnbs disrupting the hotel industry right and and so our you know our whole kind of business model is to kind of come in and do things differently and really come from that bleeding edge not only from a technology standpoint but from a marketing standpoint and from just going out and doing these hard things that other firms you know had just said "Uh, we're not going to do that we're going to go out and do them yeah. And that really has differentiated ourselves. So it's funny to kind of see the two worlds kind of combined. And, and even now, as we've gotten a little bit bigger, that's given us some freedom and time to go out and explore what do we want Disrupt 3.0 to be. In a lot of ways, it's probably going to be a venture capital firm, which is going to invest back into tech firms. You know, so now we're able to kind of, you know, kind of come full circle and maybe even potentially in five to 10 years get back into tech in a very, very big way. And so, um, you know, so I I think your audience, you know, can appreciate that, you know, you have to think from that. Everything is online now. Everything's an app. Everything is software, right? The hardware is just a tool, right? Your phone's just a tool. The software is really the engine behind everything. And that's only going to get bigger. AI is only going to get bigger. Blockchain is here to stay. All of these things are going to be completely disruptive to all of the industries that we're a part of. And, you know, the, the earlier adopters are probably going to be the ones that are going to be successful because they're going to be able to pivot and, and take on the, the benefits of those things and go out and, and be successful.
1: Yeah. So the term that you said that caught my caught my ear was you guys are like a virtual company. So the syndication model, you know, makes sense. Obviously, that's a kind of a traditional way to invest in real estate. So how, how do you, maybe for the benefit of, of everyone listening, walk us through one deal. How do you reach your audience? Where are they coming from? How do you pool that capital? How do you identify the actual acquisition of a property? How do you execute the, the acquisition of it? And then once you have it, how do you manage that property, which ultimately, you know, ends up as return on investment for your investors? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and ultimately, yeah, we were virtual, right? But now since since owned office now, so you know, I mean, it's it, it grows, right? But I think The reason I brought that up, just so your audience knows, is that the people that were able to adapt really quickly on the pandemic were the people that already had these things in place, right? Why do you think that the schools stumbled out of the block whenever they had pandemics? Because they weren't set up for virtual learning. Now, that was to the detriment of our children, you know, of of which I have some as well, you know, but the ones that, that were able to easily pivot. You know, were the people that already had adopted technology so people need to take that into consideration right and understand where this was already going, the pandemic just pushed us along. But you know to your to your other question right, you know it's it's all based on on relationships right, you know I mean multifamily is bought the same way as office is bought the same way as retail you've got brokers involved. Brokers have access to the sellers. They obviously provide that conduit between the two parties. And so we spend a lot of time just because of the size of the properties that we buy, um, you know, working those broker relationships, because that's where we are gonna get all of our deals. And there's an underwriting process. Typically, as any, as any investor knows, right, it's a numbers game. You've got to see as, so many deals in order to, you know, be able to put something under contract and then ultimately close. So we spend a lot of what I'm doing now is, once again, doing some salesmanship and developing those broker relationships. And then so there's two sides of that coin, right? So once we get the, the, the property under contract, then we're going through a closing process, right? Just like any other. We're going through the lender. Uh, we're also raising the money. So those two things are happening parallel. Yeah. And then you've got the legal component. Too, right. Which is the one thing that people need to understand when I when I when I say syndication, it's a whole process is essentially what I'm doing is I'm selling shares of the LLC that owns the property. Yep. And so I can't legally do that because I don't have my broker's license to sell shares of anything. Right. That's a stock broker. But there's, there's caveats to that. So the SEC has carve-outs. They're called 506B you know, um, and 506C. And there's a couple other ones. Crowdfunding is, is one of them too, you know, where if you follow a specific process and you disclose a specific amount of information and you do a, a specific amount of compliance with your investors, you can go out and do what I do. And that's all funneled through an SEC attorney and they paper it up correctly and they make sure that we're doing everything the right way. Right. So those three things, legal, lender and raising equity are all happening as I'm trying to close the transaction. And as anybody that's ever bought real estate knows, there's always things that pop up in between that. Right. You know, you have to do your due diligence on the property itself and on the submarket. And does my business plan make sense? And am I going to achieve those rents that I really needed? Um, And that's all happening during that 60 to call it 90 days. Is typically our closing process from there right you know we've closed said transaction then we have our property management company coming they're really the boots on the ground you know going to implement the business plan that me and my team have set in place for them right and there's obviously where they already know about the business plan ahead of time and they're ready to hit it day one you know and so it's multi-family is probably the most intense management out of all the asset classes i mean office is I mean, way easier than multifamily. Trust me, I have both. And, and retail is probably about around the same as, as offices. Multifamily, you've got 300 families or 200 families or whatever. They've all got different personalities. That's their home, you know. And so in a lot of ways, it's more intense from a personality standpoint and operational standpoint than office would be. And so you've got to have your A-team on there. So, you know, we spend a lot of time kind of cultivating the right people at Disrupt Management, which is our property management company. And, you know, but it's, in, it's their job to go out and make sure that they implement the business plan that we put in place. And so if they're successful, then ultimately, like every other investment, right, you've got your income, you've got your expenses, you've got debt service, you got capital, and then there's, there's supposed to be. Some money there at the end, right? <laughs> something's got to be left over, right? Yeah, yeah. There's hopefully something's left over, right? And uh, your net free cash flow is is king, right? And so from there, we distribute that out to our investors, right? As what we call a distribution. And typically in multifamily, it's going to be anywhere from call it eight to ten percent cash on cash and IRRs right now because cap rates are kind of compressed. Um, you know, on the buy side which will probably help on the sales side too is probably anywhere from call it 14 to 17% IRR. Right. So, you know, it's, it's different, it's a different game than it was 10 years ago. And I think a lot of ways is because multifamily has become popular, but I think even since the pandemic it's become even more popular. Right. I think some people have rolled out of other asset classes and they kind of looked at the, you know, spreadsheets and the metrics and said, okay, what kind of survived fairly well or intact, um, there's a ton of mar- money in the market. As everybody knows, they printed $9 trillion. And um, that money typically percolates up to people that know how to use it. And um, multifamilies cap rates have compressed, I'd say, 100, 150 basis points in the last 18 yeah. months. Wow. And so it's insanity out there. And but if you find the right deal, you get that distribution and you're able to pay out those returns. And, uh, you know, the investors is a very passive thing for them, right? You know, they have to sign a few pieces of paperwork, they send in a wire, and then we do all the work. So yeah. um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a fun and exciting thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the progression
1: of how a deal gets done. And then you cool. rinse and repeat. So there's the macroeconomic landscape, which is obviously fueling like a a compression of cap rates and multifamily and and you know, more dollars flowing into that from other asset classes. I would imagine another. Tailwind for you guys is this kind of work from home hybrid revolution too, right? Because yep. the home is now also a workplace for a lot of people um, yep. more than it ever has been. So, what kind of trends are you seeing in, you know, the way multifamily is being used or designed or developed to kind of react to this like new kind of paradigm of work? No, it's,
0: it's crazy. This is a great question. I, I, I actually, I talk about this quite a bit. You know, there's several things that are happening, right? You know, the more popular multifamily product that people are going to see right now that's really in demand, units are bigger. Units have either a standalone, you know, workspace, you know, like an actual room that has an office, which there's not too many of those, or at least has kind of a, you know, a carve out, right? It's a built-in. Like out. a nook or something no, that's like, Something yeah. there where they can plop their laptop. They have some space that's not them sitting in their bed or sitting on their couch, right? Something that people can feel like they're coming to the office, right? So those are the two big things. The other thing that, that we're seeing too is this kind of product and multifamily that almost feels like a single family home. You know, think townhomes. Right yep. now, now I don't know how much uh, how much of the stuff on the East Coast, but down here in Texas we've got plenty of space. So sometimes they'll build massive communities, and they're they're they look like townhomes, right? You know, it's three mm-hmm. story, you know, you got a garage, two story garage on the uh, or, or two car garage on the on the bottom floor. The the dang thing is big, right? You know, but it's an apartment community. Right. And those are really big because once again, those people feel like they get enough space. They feel like it's a house. You know, they just get the, the benefit of it being in a community. Right. Yeah. And that's being sold off as a condo. Don't think of it like that. You're still paying rent. But, you know, people feel like they've got their own thing. And I, and I feel like that trend is only going to continue because I feel like even after the pandemic kind of wears And and God, uh, we're hoping that it all happens very, very soon. But who knows? You know, I think people are always going to want that work from home, maybe two to three days a week. You know, then maybe they're coming into the office. So I think there's always going to be a space for office. It's just going to be different. You know, or they're going to have some kind of a flex, like half the crew is going to come on, the other half is going to come on the next day, something like that. And so there's always going to be that need to be able to work from home. But what ended up happening was the people that had kids and they had no space for themselves, right, went crazy because yeah. you've got, you know, you didn't have a place to escape or even work. So, you you know, and that's why single family rentals actually ended up being even more popular because then you had, you could build actual office space out of these or or you had a whole, you know, office. Yeah. If, the you, have, the if you have two kids, you could, yeah. You're but the way that traditional multifamily had been built the last 10 or 20 years, they didn't really cater to that, you know? I mean, so everything was just kind of out in the open, an open floor plan. There really wasn't a whole lot of built-ins, somehow built-ins, not all of them, um, you know? So they weren't catering to that person that was going to be working from the house or potentially working from the house and having kids run around. Right. And so now builders are catering to that. And the stuff that was already built that looked like that is way in demand. Right? You know, and then I'd say the other thing, too is is having amenities at the house, at the at the apartment community. You know, I mean, a lot of the gyms got shut down. So if you had a nice workout facility that was spaced out and taken care of, people love that because their local gym was shut down, or they just didn't feel comfortable going to it. Um, you know, that's another big thing, you know, and so the amenities that people have at these spaces is huge. I think the other thing, too is is, everybody and their mom has a pet these days and this maybe wasn't from the pandemic but I think you know people just because they're lonely you know there's there's just been a rise in in pet owners and now a lot of these apartment communities are catering to that very 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 much um, because it's it's a part of people's you know families and and so you're seeing a lot of amenities and you know catering to that type of thing too so that's some of the trends that I've seen in the multifamily space just from the pandemic. And like I said, some of that was already there. It just got it, it got pushed very, very rapidly along because of the
1: conditions that the pandemic put us all in. Yep. No, yeah. that makes, makes makes a ton of sense. I'm I'm in the camp of you know, two kids running around, both parents trying to work in the house, driving yourself crazy. So yeah. I, I feel you on that. Um, you mentioned a couple of terms earlier. One was blockchain. So are you are you doing any? Work in that, you know, through your platform. We have several. We haven't done anything
0: yet, but we're we're in the exploratory phase right now. The what I'm excited about, and people need to go, people need to do research on blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. Yes, that's the that's the rave. But what people need to be excited about is blockchain. Right, that's the technology behind cryptocurrency, and how revolutionary that can potentially be for a lot of different industries especially even real estate right i'm going to give you one example of why i like blockchain right it's called tokenization so the one thing why syndication the one downside that i don't like about syndication is it's one of the most illiquid investments that you can get into right because you're buying shares of an llc that then owns real estate there's not you're like three, you're rate. like
1: 3 levels away from the actual you know yes. asset
0: yeah. So unless you, unless you have another fellow investor or you have one of the GPs buy you out, you're stuck with that, right? You know, so five to seven years, in most cases, it's shorter than that. But just giving you guys some perspective, right? It could be as long as that in some cases, sometimes longer, depending on what deal you're investing in. Um, what if an emergency comes up? You need cash out. All right. Just not possible in some cases, right? Whereas if you had $100,000 of stock, there's a liquid market. To sell the hundred thousand dollars of stock. Well, now I'm not going to get into all the mechanics of it, right? But you can tokenize, or you can now start looking into tokenizing a property, and then sell off fractional ownership of the property. Now, on the back end, people are going to say, "Well, that kind of sounds like syndication." Well, I'm in ways, it kind of is. But what a lot of these companies have created is a secondary market for those tokens on the back end, right? So, so say you bought into XYZ apartment complex in Houston, Texas five years ago, something pops up, you want to cash out, or you find something that's maybe cash flowing a little bit better and you want, to, you want to sell. There's a way that you can now sell that through the secondary market because there's a, there's a value there. You know, people might want to get into that deal on the back end, right? These people have created platforms where you can go and now sell your fractional ownership of, of a property. And so there's now liquidity in that. And we think that that's actually going to lead to probably more even even more cap rate compression, because I think the only reason that, you know, cap rates haven't compressed a little bit more is because there's there's not not enough liquidity in the market. And when I say liquidity, I'm not talking about equity or debt. I'm talking about the, the liquidity of the transaction, right, between somebody that might want to get into the deal versus somebody that might want to sell out of a deal.
1: And and the so, reason that block and the reason that blockchain is important is because that's the mechanism that's the back- through that those con- those backbones that the contract you need to you need to, token you, exist absolutely
0: right you know it's important to, to be able to track this right because you need to know is this person actually an owner of this thing i mean how am i going to know that they actually own a fractional percentage of xyz property you know the blockchain helps kind of you know track that and verify that And then you can kind of see the chain of of ownership throughout, right? I think that that's important um, because it solves the liquidity problem that I always saw as the biggest downside of syndication. And so think of, and this is not just multifamily folks, right? This is any commercial. I mean, syndication is not just a multifamily thing. People syndicate anything, you know? So think about buying, you know, and I'll just, I'll have a crazy, maybe a tokenize, you know, a plumbing company you know and and there's not gonna be a secondary market to go sell your shares of a plumbing company but maybe if there's a platform where you've done it correctly and you can you can you can load it onto their platform and create that market there might be so i think it's also going to add some benefits to not only just real estate but just investing in businesses in general and so and that's just one you know way that you can use blockchain right i think Title and 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 lending and legal and um, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be, no pun intended, disrupted, um, in real estate uh, from blockchain over the next call it ten to twenty years. I think we're in the, we're really in the infancy of that technology, and I think it's only going to get bigger.
1: So people need yeah. to look into that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Final question as as we get towards wrapping up. So you own the property, you manage the property. You're acquiring these properties. You're taking out loans on these properties. T- tell us a little bit about your tech stack from the prop tech pers- perspective. Are your property managers using different apps to fulfill, you know, facilities maintenance requests? Are, how are they tracking, you know, your tenant leasing pipeline, you know, negotiating leases and stuff like that? Is, have you guys started to benefit from this wave of kind of prop tech companies that are kind of flooding into the multifamily space?
0: No. And like I said, I mean, it's, it's gotten crazy the last five years. Um, You know, I mean, it really has been one of those things where there wasn't, there was some stuff, but I mean, literally over the last three to five years, it's really, really kind of come on strong. Yeah. I mean, so I'll take it, I'll take it from one side of the spectrum to the other, right. You know, um, from raising equity, there's now platforms that make that, way more streamlined, way more secure, way more efficient than it used to be, right? Used to be your mailing documents, then they might be your faxing documents, then you might be your emailing them. Now, these are secure portals that keeps track of paperwork, keep tracks of uh, people's bank account information, you can distribute funds through these. And so that whole entire process, since I began in 2013, has gotten way more efficient. And, and thank God for it, because we have 350 unique investors and trying to get 350, you know, K-1s and all the different distributions across all the different properties can become a logistical nightmare. So yeah. there's already platforms. We use a company called Invest Next, and they don't just do multifamily. These these guys, you can use them for anything that you want to syndicate, right, or raise capital for, um, you know, they're they're great. I also use Asana throughout the closing process. We have a whole template of closing things that we have to do. It's a checklist. You know, this needs to happen now. This needs to happen now. And you're you're literally, uh, Asana is great because you can assign it to people and you can assign due dates and you can track comments and you can upload documents. Once again, it's the project and task management software. And so, you know, from raising capital to trying to close the transaction. Now let's say we've bought it and even working with the lender has gotten a lot better. You know, we we work with a lender called Lumen, not all of them do this, some of them are still old school, but Lumen's a little bit more bleeding edge and I'm sure it's a white label software platform, but they keep track of all the documents that you've submitted, right? You know, here's your personal financial statement. Here are the bank account statements. Here's the financials for the property. All of that's like a checklist, right? Where you can upload and they'll review it and then they'll click as approved. And then you can kind of track the progress, right? It's, you know, you're 50% through the-
1: Yeah, workflow software.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but I mean, dude, 10 years ago, that stuff was not around. Oh yeah. It yeah. It was a complete nightmare. You had to have whole teams trying to track down, do we even have this? Right? right. You know, and so so even from the lender side, that stuff has become very, very powerful. Now let's say okay, we've taken over the property, we're gonna put our property management company in there, right? You know, everything from leasing online has gotten way more efficient than it had been five years ago. And those are modules and pieces of software that you embed in your website. So we have literally now, there's always gonna be a room for a leasing agents. So I don't want anybody going into the business or is currently a leasing agent to, to take this the wrong way, but it's going more and more online. People will love to do virtual tours or even taking it one step further where they, you can have the leasing person with their phone Go out and literally go around the, the the unit as you're asking them questions, or you could do the virtual 3D tour like everybody's probably seen online. But say you love what you see, well, before you'd have to go into the actual property, and you'd have to fill out the damn document. It was just a big cumbersome process. What if you could just do it all right then and there? You've got a you got a hot lead. I'm mean, I'm a sales guy. You got a hot lead. You want to close this person right now. If you if you force them to stop. Well, let's schedule an appointment for you to come in. You're going to lose some people. But what if I said, I'm going to send you a link. It's a DocuSign. You can go through all the documents. You can fill everything out and sign it. You can then turn around and pay your deposit. All online, it's going to take you 15 minutes. How many more leases are you going to get out of that? You know. And once right. again, this isn't revolutionary. This was being done pre-COVID. But it really forced the needle now because people didn't want to come in and interact face to face. Right. But you still needed to lease stuff and people still needed a place. And some in some cases there were apartments that were closed for 18 months. The office wasn't even open. Yeah. You know? and so all, all of this needed to happen online. And so these these prop tech companies kind of came along and really helped push the needle on that. But then you talked about, you know, facilities maintenance and we have a work order tracking system, you know, that, that keeps up with where you can, you can literally do it on your phone, right? Um, you know, AC is broken and unit, da, 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 then that gets tracked over to the maintenance person, which gets queued in a work order system. And then, you know, they go out and fulfill work order and they update it and then they close out the ticket, you know, just like any other service provider. And once again, this stuff's been around, but it's been it's been pushed more to being from your phone, being online, being virtual because of the pandemic. And then going to leasing, you know, and tracking leads too, right? Going back to that. Um, you know, we've got a company that, that we work with, it's called Knock, right? Knock aggregates all of our leads from all different sources, you know, and they'll put different phone numbers, like you know, for an add-on. Google, I'm gonna have this number and an ad on Facebook, I'm gonna have this number. And it it aggregates it into a platform where I know for this property and I can get online, it's all web-based, that's what I love about this stuff. It's all online, it says, okay, for this property, I got 21 leads from Facebook. From those 21 leads, it resulted in two site visits and one lease, right, just as an example, right? It can get that granular. Now you can start becoming smart about how you use your marketing. Right. You know, if you realize on this property that nobody, nobody does referrals, nobody's driving by the damn thing. Everything is on Google. Well, Guess what? I'm going to start scrapping some of my my other marketing efforts and I'm going to dump it all into Google. Yeah. Right. Because now I have the data. To be able to make those smart decisions on how to spend my marketing money to get leads, because, you know, Knock is helping me aggregate that data. Whereas before, everybody was just, you know, you, you come in and you fill out, well, where did you hear about it? And you would write it down on a little piece of paper, right? Yeah. You know, now Knock is, is actually tracking, you know, this stuff, um, you know, like any other website does. And then it's providing reports to our, our supervisors and even up to the ownership level. Um, as to how this is working, so this stuff has completely changed how the business has worked over the last ten years, and I think a lot of this is for the better.
1: You know, oh, it's yeah, making sure. it a
0: more efficient market, and that's that's what's incredible about it because it was it was really even property management was even more antiquated and backwards than you know just owning commercial real estate. You know, it was just a bunch of people living in the nineties. And they've really had to kind of adopt this stuff to keep up with the com- the competition, which is, you know, newer, newer folks like our firm kind of coming on and changing the way that things need to be done, you know, but I'm I'm excited. And there's plenty more out there. Uh, there's a plenty of good firms out there that do prop tech. And I, I'd encourage anybody that has commercial real estate to look into it. If you haven't, or, you know, look at maybe there's there's something that you can adopt that's you know maybe a little bit antiquated a little bit laborious and i'm sure that there's somebody that's developing a software or an app at this point
1: to try to solve your problem because you're not going to be the only one that's going to have that issue oh yeah for sure well ben this has been awesome man a, a super super interesting unique view into your world and you know you, you've got a lot of insight into it so we really appreciate you coming on the show for the audience how, how can people find you no, no, and I appreciate it, man. I had I enjoyed it. Um, I love talking
0: tech, as you can, as you can tell. I think yeah. a lot of this stuff's cool, man. It's, it's, it gets me as excited as real estate does. But, you know, check, check it out. www.disruptequity.com is our website. And if anybody wants to just talk shop, uh, you can email me at ben
1: at disruptequity.com as well. All right, Ben. Appreciate the time, man. Good luck with everything. And let's connect again soon. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, man.